And we're back. The Man Cave Caucus Podcast. Tim. Ben. Tell me what's up. Well, um, you have this, you have a video preloaded here. I do. I, I, I've been waiting. I was. Uh, to show you this. So on my way over um, in prepping for, I say prepping very loosely. Yeah. Very loosely. <laughs> so I just didn't, like, I have a tendency. Time is of the essence. Yes, I have a tendency to um, spout facts that are not, in fact, facts. <laughs> with the conviction. <laughs> with the conviction that they are facts. That they are, in fact, facts. And things can quickly... My wife's the one who called me on it, and... Uh, you get canceled for that these days. Well, the independent fact checker, like, uh, episode mm-hmm. one, our pilot episode, I uh, got fact checked by my uncle... Oh, no. ...for dating my dad by five extra years. Ooh. And five seems like... At least like it old, wasn't your mom. Yeah. And that she's older than my dad, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure that dated her seven. Um, but anyways, so I was doing my... You know, my quick, just, I was like, I'm going to be probably saying some numbers and numbers are my favorite ones. I mean, and first of all, life is too dry mm-hmm. if we stick to facts. Right. Um, yeah. A fact with some polish. With some polish? A little bit of. I'll leave the, the, the fact with just polish on it to you. Okay. No, I, and and I you this is not a struggle of yours. I am a exaggerator if we put it nicely. Um according to my wife. Um of anyways, but You're like probably a lot and, of things and sometimes to your wife. Oh, right. But and she's a saint. She's 15 years in March. Um she has loved me with my with all of my all of my and this is just uh, yes i i love only a mother should have you know she's been trying to kick me it, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree and she's just been trying to kick that apple for 15 years <laughs> and uh but any anyway so i was brushing up on some some facts and mm-hmm. i saw as i was scrolling down to the video i was looking for i i'm a mega fan, like a super fan of Jordan Peterson. And so his videos are always in my scroll. So I scrolled past what I thought was a Jordan Peterson video and they he he definitely has the same clothing designer here. That but Ben pulls this video up and he's like Hunter Biden I was like no. So I thought it was Dr. So for House. the audience, I've got a Hunter Biden video that went viral on on X this week that I wanted to play for Tim that he has not seen. And I just mm-hmm. want to get Tim's raw so. take on this video. But <laughs> as we pull it up, yeah, we both agreed that he does look like Jordan Peterson in this video starting and out, which I have is a, unfortunate I have for a Jordan feeling Peterson. I was about to lose a lot of respect for Jordan Peterson had we not cleared up this. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think Jordan Peterson is... These are some high miles because I'm pretty sure, and once again, I'm going to spout this He's as a, a lot fact. older than Hunter. I'm pretty sure Jordan Peterson has I had. Would, I would think so. Um, a few more years. Old Hunter's been uh, rode hard and put up wet. High mileage, high mileage vehicle. Yep. So here we go, Tim. Uh, it's okay. this video, and I'll try to because I know the audience can't see it. Uh, maybe one day we'll have video where you can do that. But as for now, we don't. So, you know, we don't have any sponsors. We don't have any funding. We don't have anything at this point. Um, So, but this video is one of Hunter Biden. And as you know, if you have seen any of the footage that has come from the laptop, the infamous laptop, Hunter loves to video himself in very awkward situations. First off, I wanted to see the video, but none of the places that I get my news <laughs> seemed to think it was okay to right. have that available well, to the public. you know, they do it was, censor. It was strange. But, so... It's so, not an election year, so we get this. We right. get this, I'm assuming, and I have not so, seen... Okay, so, and... <laughs> and this is after, you know, there's been a lot of actual uh, pushback on 
you know, the laptop and the information and the connections with uh, the Biden crime family and, you know, all this stuff going on. And he still puts out this video. Okay, so I want you to just give me your give me your take on this, Tim. You ready? I don't know. So it's under. Got a nice little leather jacket and a sweater and a collared shirt. Oh, now it's not going to play. That's fancy. That's fantastic. Of course. Mm. <sighs> See, this is the this reminds me of Bebo days. The uh, the pixelated dial-up internet. Dial up internet. Yep. The, sp- I, the spiraling. Yeah, I'm going to try to call you and see if I, I'll know if your phone goes. So I've been having major troubles with AT and T and my internet service. In fact, I called him the other day and I said. If you can't get my internet service to just work, and I'm paying for it, ridiculous amount of money, actually, for high-speed internet monthly, then I'm just going to cancel I am, and get somebody else. I am also, we're, we're not going to be getting an AT&T sponsor. Um, Probably not. But I am a 20-year since Singular, I've been with AT&T. And same, you were with Singular? Yes, yes. Same phone number. I was too. Um, only phone carrier I've had. And uh, I can't, I, I travel a lot, cannot keep a call, cannot download video. It's, it's ridiculous. And uh, our, our phone and internet bill monthly is $557. And that is with only um, one phone on, on the uh, payment plan. And I was I so I did a lot of research on it and T-Mobile has uh here I'm going spouting numbers but I believe it's I believe it's I'm going to say I believe it polished polished do numbers. not you do not have to believe it but I want you to know that I do believe that it is 37% of the country they have actual 5G internet T-Mobile does and AT&T and Verizon combined or seven percent. Okay, so it's not working on the computer, but I'm going to pull it up on my phone, and you got to watch this. Okay. Okay. You ready? Here it is. Hold it up to the microphone. There. This is Hunter Biden. Give us a little commentary. He uh, he should definitely get. Is it a gimbal? He should get a gimbal for these videos, but his pupils is giving us sporadic pu- close-ups of his pupils and i don't think did it start that's over? it that's it that was he- it no dialogue no words i feel like Just he was walking over to a mirror to take pupils. a a naked selfie or something like this is just and the video got cut off anthony wiener vibe <laughs> wow that's uh that yeah is- i told you and so what did he release all, this on Twitter? Of all, or of all the X? things, you know, this is what we get. And it's like, what are you doing, Hunter? Like, Does, what is the point of this? I definitely think he brought his sobriety into question there and uh, needlessly. And it's not like, you know, we didn't know the sobriety was an issue. Nobody still found out who had the cocaine. It, it reminds me of... Uh, at the White House. It reminds me of that video I sent you a while back about the... Uh, uh, every now and again, I'll do a little toot, <laughs> but uh, I, I do not freebase cocaine. So I've watched that several times now, <laughs> and it's funny. It's funnier every time, uh, <laughs> Who, by, the, by the way. I, I, I'm terrible with names, but it, it tickled. I really thought that was legitimate because I just caught a snippet of it without the thing that it was a comedy sketch and i was like wow this guy is blowing holes in uh what they're trying to do here so moving on mm. i mean even though we would like to continue with the hunter biden we should do a pray videos. we should do a pray for hunter um like campaign. a running running commentary of just hunter biden videos mm. uh it's just sad it's it really, really sad that's the bottom line it's just sad so this week, Tim, has been kind of crazy. A lot of stuff going on. 
you know, the conflict in Israel with Hamas and the Palestinians. And you have in Congress, um, you ever heard of the squad, Tim? Yes. Um, I think I could name, okay, so occasional cortex. Um, (laughs) Rashid Tlaib. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is there a Tlaib basketball player? I don't know. I feel like there is. I don't is. keep up with basketball anymore. I thought Rashid Tlaib was a basketball player from the 80s. After they all went woke, I stopped but, watching. And then um, Rashid Tlaib, she's the one who wears a... Uh, hijab? A hijab. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then there is... No, maybe not always. There you, is you're one. You're thinking Ilhan... Ilhan Omar. Yeah, she's yeah. the one that wears the... Yeah, yeah, so three, I've got hijab. three. Um, and then wasn't the vice president part of it? Uh, Kamala? Yeah. The squad? It, was that the wrong? She, I, no. She's, I mean, she probably would fit, see, I but thought, I don't think she's ever been a part I of the squad. I feel like I could see her face on a, uh, like in a hearing. No, I think you're thinking about Cori Bush. Do they look kind of similar? Uh, not really. So, My mind says so they So Cori Bush is the uh, congresswoman. From the 1st District of Missouri in St. Louis City. Yeah. So she's now, she's like the newest member of the okay. squad. So I, and she's terrible, yeah. like in every way. So what has been crazy is how that the squad has pretty much almost uniformly supported the Palestinians and Hamas in this conflict against Israel. Um, which has been remarkable, but not exactly shocking to some of us who know uh, and understand the underlying motivations of some of these people who represent in Congress, which Cori Bush is just, she's terrible. Like, you know, the other day, I think I, I tweeted about this. I said, uh, you know, there's a county in Illinois that wants to secede and become part of Missouri, right? Uh, it's like a conservative county, and they're just sick of being in Illinois, which, you know. I can't blame them. I don't blame them at all. Like, mm. I know some representatives in Illinois that are conservatives in the in the uh, rural areas of, of Illinois, which is a lot, actually. But Chicago, you know, you, there's no way you're going to overcome that. Yeah. So I said, can we make a mid-season trade? Like, we'll trade you Corey Bush. <laughs> and her constituents. If you give, yeah, and her constituents, if you give us uh, a conservative county in Illinois. Um, hey, maybe, maybe. Uh, so my, my haters definitely jumped on that. Maybe the apprentice tweet. could broker such a deal. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> so anyway, to leave this week, she makes this statement. Have you heard this phrase, from the river to the sea? Yeah, it, well, in a song. In a song. What song uh, it, did you hear with this phrase in it? You're going to, it was a Point of Grace song. A Point of Grace. From the river to the sea. You know, Every that's concerning that now that I think out. about it. That, hey, I, the fact I can recall that, I have not heard that song in two decades, but it, um, my song recall is the only thing working. That's yeah. awesome. Hey. Always. But yeah, I don't think that that so, was speaking of this phrase. I guess I have not heard this phrase in this context, okay, but I have so in fact heard it. If you look at the, so let me, look, we're just looking at a Washington Examiner uh, article here. And the headline is Tlaib defends from the river to the sea as aspirational call for freedom. Oh, is, is that, that's something to do with uh, the river being like, the around Gaza, um, like all, basically saying that all the territory belongs yeah, yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah. Okay, I am that, familiar. I'm. I was. Yes. Yeah. So context is everything. Yeah, and and some of these activist groups in yeah. these protests are using this phrase from the river to the sea, mm-hmm. right? So uh, she said it references the land between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, that's currently split between Israel and Palestinian territories. Um, This is what the article says. And the phrase was coined in the 1960s, has been used by a host of different groups with varying goals. Um, And then it talks about, you know, the Zionists and the genocidal threat and all these different things. 
uh, and and Palestinian groups insist it's a call for peace and liberty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says Talib falls in the latter camp, as shown in a statement on Friday, that she believes it's it's about peace and liberty. Tim, Hamas how is already, dare you I question? Mean, how dare you? Hamas has always been for peace. Okay, uh, you know. Yeah. So here's some of the responses that people gave to that. There's a guy, his name is, I'm probably going to butcher this, uh, Yehuda Mirsky, who Mm. is a Jerusalem-based rabbi. He said this, he said, To Jewish Israelis, what this phrase says is that between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean, there will be one entity. It will be called Palestine. There will be no Jewish state. The status of Jews and whatever entity arises will be very unclear. So it sounds much more like a threat than a promise of liberation. It doesn't betoken a future in which Jews can have full lives and be themselves, he added. So again, if you really look at this phrase, it goes way back. And if you look at Hamas's founding documents, actually, which I looked up today, which was kind of fascinating to, to read. Uh, it's, it's Their constitution? Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that. Mm. So... This idea of jihad, right, is in the founding founding documents of Hamas. Uh, it's in their updated um, policies and procedures, basically, uh, in re- more recent years. But something that's within jihad is this idea that you can, uh, you know, it's like the end justifies the means. Like, you can break all the rules as long as the end goal is accomplished and you have victory in the end, right? Yeah. That's kind of a part of the idea of jihad. Not to interrupt, but I, it's funny that you look this up because I have in front of me that I, that I uh, brought with me today is their Bill of Women's Rights. Oh, let's hear that. It's right, right here. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, it's a blank <laughs> sheet of paper. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I didn't have to do as much work as you do, but. But this is their Bill of Women's Rights. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I think that's, uh, that's very <laughs> accurate. And I don't even think you have to embellish that one, Tim. No. Or polish I, it. I hope you, everybody got say. that. So the crazy thing is, again, if you look at the actual statements that Hamas has made about what they believe, it's very clear. They are for exterminating the infidels and anyone who is not a believer and especially those that occupy, in their eyes, their land of Israel. So you look at these founding documents, it's crazy to see that they do actually make the statement that they ascribe to that philosophy of jihad. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go back, and I didn't know this, but so Hamas and Al-Qaeda kind of had a falling out. And part of this was because Al-Qaeda claimed that Hamas had like, you know, uh, left the faith basically because Al-Qaeda's idea is worldwide jihad. Oh. So eliminating anyone who is not of the Islamic faith. So would that be considered extremism? That would be in my eyes, yes. Hmm. Uh, Maybe not Rashida Tlaib. Well, I just, I'd like... Apparently. Sounds extreme. But... What happened is Hamas basically kind of said, we're going to be hyper-focused on just the, the land of Israel. Like, this is our jihad. We're not going to focus on the worldwide. Wow. We're going to focus on Israel. In their eyes, they occupy their land, which is not true. And again, if you look at that historically, it's just simply not true. But it's, 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 it's like Hamas is so obsessed with the idea that Israeli land is theirs, that they're only concerned about jihad there, Hmm. and that they have abandoned the more worldwide jihad in principle and idea, a global jihad uh, that al-Qaeda subscribes to. And they've actually had a lot of conflict with al-Qaeda over that. But it's that same, like, I think it's the Jesuit philosophy, you know, the, the end justifies the means. And this holy war, which is what jihad is talking about and describing, and that all the rules can be broken as long as you have victory 
and you accomplish that in the end. And in their eyes, let's let's be clear, in their eyes, victory is total global domination of Islam as a religion and as a government with Sharia law. And so it's it's crazy to me that some of these people that actually serve in our federal government subscribe to this way of thinking that you're an infidel, I'm an infidel, anyone who doesn't believe the tenets of, of Islam is an infidel, and they want them dead. I mean, that if you look at their founding documents and what they believe in their own statements, then that's really pretty clear to me. Sounds clear. So I had some people on Twitter that were like, oh, they don't, you know, the squad doesn't subscribe to, uh, you know, the, uh, the jihad. And I'm like, well, let's, again, let's look at what they've actually said with the founding documents. And if yeah. the squad is supporting what Hamas is doing in this conflict with Israel, then they do support yeah, I mean, it's a, jihad. If, if you're not for the um, opposite, what you know, if you're not for um, pretty much all of the same, you know, ideals that our constitution, that our, you know, that our way of life in America is for, which is what Jerusalem and, uh, you know, the, the Jewish state represents, then, you know, if you're not for it, you're against it. Sounds like they're gladly aligning with that. So it is, and it's scary. You know, yeah. I hear this all the time, and I tweeted about this yesterday, I think. So I can't tell you how many times I hear, you know, because I'm a person who has a, a strong faith and I'm vocal about that, right? Like, you know, when, when did that become a crime? But, you know, apparently to some of them it, it has, and they, every day, you know, it's like, yeah. keep your religion out of the government. You shouldn't be forcing your religious ideas on us, you know, through government policy, which I always ask them, please show me where I have done that, and then yeah. they can't. But they just believe, they literally believe that because you're a Christian, then you shouldn't serve in government, because if you believe in those principles and that guides your life, then you can't you know, in, in any way, shape, or form, bring that into uh, what you do as a public servant. And so I was like, you know, basically saying that the same people that are constantly saying that are now saying, you know, leave the squad alone. You know, if you, if you question that, then, then you're a, a Islamophobic. Well, and, and when you're practicing a religion um, and, you know, that calls you to love your enemy to uh, pray for them enemy. who despitefully use you. Yep. That really doesn't seem like it'd be a conflict of interest in being a public servant. I know that's, that's controversial, but this, uh, it really, I mean, if you're, if you're aligning with values that go completely against the nation that you represent, it definitely seems like a, that, and like, a, I'm not, you know, I don't have a problem with them practicing their religion until it starts to um, become uh, militant, which, yeah, it seems like. Uh, yeah, if they say they want to kill us right. all because we don't believe that yeah. the way they believe, then I take that, I take their word for it. Yeah. Here's a picture of Rashida yeah, yeah. Tlaib. Yeah. Yeah. So she, I was thinking of Ilhan. I was thinking of Ilhan Omar. Yeah. It's about freedom, human rights, and peaceful coexistence, she says. Um, I highly yeah. doubt that. I was going to show probably you think she's since an we're since we're on Twitter, and I was going to show you another video if I could find it. Um, so, have you seen the? <laughs> this is crazy. Have you seen the video of the rabbi, so, supposed rabbi, that is a man who has transitioned to be a woman? who shows up at the Joe Biden event and demanding a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. Oh, oh, here it is, here it Can is. Can you be a female rabbi, and even if you're assigned a... Uh, I, I'm not sure what the rules are when it comes to uh, Judaism, I'd have especially to, Orthodox. I don't I, think probably an Orthodox okay. it would be. 
Okay, so maybe this is very this is what I would consider judging from the photo unorthodox. So Joe <laughs> so so in this video, Joe Ultra Biden is unorthodox. speaking and this bearded female <laughs> rabbi stands up and begins to speak and to call on the president to support a ceasefire in Gaza. The the person in the video, and I'm reading this off of uh, Colin Rugg's uh, Twitter page, Rabbi Jessica Rosenberg, a queer Jewish woman obsessed with Jewish history. So tell me what you think about this picture. Well, I was kind of curious. The it looks photoshopped first all first off. How do you end up with grayish, orangish, brownish hair? Uh, that is no. That's that. That's a clown. The clown hair out of the Halloween aisle at Walmart. Um, it's what it looks like. But and I'm not. I mean, I have terrible hair too, people. But like uh, the goatee. And the hair just are not jive. Like that's not the same person. So here's what I tweeted about it. I said, uh, there is a dangerously deceptive movement within woke activism to pose as ministers and pastors for the sole cause of claiming I'm a pastor or a rabbi or whatever. And therefore my position on this issue is right. And you're all bigots Mm. for not accepting said position. So, and I tell the, I tell, I say this because I've seen this happen in the state capitol. So there are several activists who come and testify at almost every hearing, especially when it involves any LGBTQ issue, who claim to, you know, um, be a pastor or a rabbi or Um, a priest or whatever. A man of the cloth. Yeah. And then show up to, you know, support ideas that are never accepted in the Bible. Um, and it's very interesting to me to watch them and how they carry themselves and, and their position and, and their argument that they try to bring. And it's usually all emotional. There's no real, um, you know, objective principles that, that are involved as you can see in, in this story. But I, I, you know, there are some times when I, I literally think like, like we're being punked right now. You ever you ever think that was some of the stuff that's going on? Yeah, it like it. Just looking at this, it's 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 unnerving. If that is a rabbi, uh, the sky is the limit. Oh, well, in in these days and times, you can't identify. That's for sure. I'm scrolling through my Twitter right now, and and I see this other article that I uh, posted, and it's this. This article from San Francisco describing this, um, I think, a, a, a robbery or something that took place. And it said, and, and I watched them marching. I opened my glove compartment, took out my Glock 17, and flipped off the safety. Hmm. I, I'm... There's something something off. I'm I'm yeah. Glocks don't have a safety. Yeah, I've tip. never had one of those. So I mean, this is a rare, rare Glock. Not an external one. It, that is. And in San Francisco, I wonder uh, if I could get a hold of a Glock so I said, with a safety. Uh, fake news alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, here's another great one. Oh man, we're just this is really digressed. I know, but. Uh, maybe so, it was a high point. You got to watch this one and tell me your thoughts too. Maybe it'll work this time. So it's this, it's, I'll describe it. There's this really attractive, I think, would you agree? Yeah. Like attractive young lady um, I, that's doing this video. Her name I, is Ali Samarco. I have had the privilege of watching this. Okay. You, you've seen this one? Yep. Okay. So she, Whoa, let's go back to the start. So she says, imagine you're in a bowling alley with a handgun and a military, what'd she say? Uh, Someone walks in with a military uh, bulletproof vest and a military style rifle, I think. Military style Mm -hmm. rifle. 
I wonder what her definition of that is. Well, is it just because it looks like a military? Yeah, I mean, rifle. Um, that's usually the case. Yeah, I bet. A, I bet she'd really so she be goes thrown up say, for a loop if she saw M1 Garand. She goes on to say, a weapon and a bulletproof vest. Literally, no way you're gonna be able to defend yourself. There's no. There's literally, literally, no way. There is one way that you're gonna be able to defend yourself. The headshot. So, let me, like, so her thinking is you would rather be completely defenseless against someone? the right thing would be to leave. Well, and she's advocating for the ban of the military weapon, but... No, military style. Or style weapon, but I'm pretty sure is what the end of this story is, is you end up without the handgun. And the guy who wants to shoot people ends up with, you know, a howitzer. Yeah. Which, <laughs> if he so desires. So these weapons, banning these weapons of war on the street is not about infringing upon you, she says. About protecting you. It's about protecting you. Oh, yeah. It's like addition <sighs> by subtraction. <laughs> the, uh, have you have you heard the song Thirty Point Buck? Thirty by Bananas at Large. Thirty Point Buck. So let's get it right. Thirty Point Buck. I got to spend a year in the UP, and uh, they they all talk just like that. It's and but anyways, when liberals talk about guns, it reminds me of in that song when he said, "So I pulled out my triple double barreled heat." Uh, AK forty AK fifty seven heat seeking shotgun. <laughs> you know, like it's hmm. so ridiculous. I couldn't get to my grenades. The howitzer was in the shaft. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but he pulled out his AK fifty seven radar laser, triple double barreled heat seeking shotgun. <laughs> would that be? Uh, would that fall into the category of a military style? Uh, no, because it's, you can buy a shotgun. Right. Fire two blast. Heat seeking. Yep. You can buy that. It's a shotgun. That's the the president endorsed buying a shotgun a few years back. And if you don't remember that, you sh- uh anyone listening, there's a good song that uh they dubbed his literal words, not they didn't have to do any editing, they just dubbed mm-hmm. some music to it. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Look up the song. It's a great one. It's a treat. It's a hit. Good advice also. But you're right. Like anytime gun debates come up on the floor, it's it's my favorite. Yeah. Every it, time. It and I have a because rudimentary I have a rudimentary gun knowledge and the flipping the safety off on the Glock just popped out on the page and I yep. had not seen your tweet. I'm So a couple you, of years ago there was this time. there there was a state representative on the other side of the aisle in Missouri who wanted to pass a bill and tried to make an amendment actually on a bill that would make it to where any accessory that can be attached to a gun, you would have to do a background check. So I brought up the fact that a a trigger lock is an accessory. Mm. So in order to to make your gun safer in your eyes for storage, you would have to go through a background check just to put a, trigger lock on it you know that's well, the kind of mentality a, that they have when it comes to as a firearms. Uh, as a flashlight enthusiast yeah flashlight i feel like almost any high-grade flashlight yeah a, i mean a uh yeah you're like i got a monocle for golfing but um it uh it could possibly be attached to a gun so i might uh might need to get a background check mm-hmm Mm. Hey. Yep. <clears throat> so anyway, that's that's the extent of my Twitter feed for today. I mean, there's lots more, mm. but we're not gonna. I there's this guy riding a motorcycle on a. He's got an alligator. I got. <laughs> he's riding on top of it. I uh, my brother, my brother and dad were doing a job in uh, Opelousas, Louisiana. And uh, my brother texted me the other day with the coolest roadkill. And uh, if you know my uh, youngest brother, 
and my dad on a on a work trip, they could not in fact pass this roadkill. I got to show this to you. I I, I was a little jealous because I would have stopped too. But would you call it roadkill? The best roadkill. It, it's would you call the it? coolest the road coolest roadkill? Okay. Um, I got him. Okay. Oh wow! I was uh. That's that was about. What is it? That's a, a alligator. Yeah, gator. Oh. Big boy. He's not. He's not doing well. No, I uh, took a semi tire to the head. <clears throat> but um, straight to the head. It looks like this old mangled rubber got him. He's a good, good size. Four one. feet long. No, he was. Five. Uh, he was. Uh, he was. I think a bit bigger than that. I was mm. quite upset that I don't have I mean, a... how uh, do you not see the alligator crossing the road, the giant alligator? Why did the alligator cross the road? <laughs> I mean, when you... Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, because you know that that width... He's, he's a good eight foot. Um, mm-hmm. You know the width of the shoulder there? And, I mean, he's trailing off well over that. So, to scale, I'd say he was like a nine footer, which I would... Love to be drying for a wallet, boots, and belt. Maybe he just couldn't handle inflation anymore. <laughs> he is um, probably doing a little inflating of his own, as warm as the temperatures are down there. Speaking of inflation, Tim, this is our last uh, topic on the show for today. Okay. And we're really jumping topics yeah, we, here, and which is a perfect illustration of our ADD problem. And sometimes you need a little break from... Yeah. Um, so we've talked about Rashida Tlaib, we've talked about woke pastors. We've had a break, and it's time for... I feel like the heavy's coming. So let's talk a little bit about taxes. Mm. I mean, I know you love to talk about taxes. Double the taxes, triple the taxes. We'll make them pay. I know what that was. Every time. Oh, mm. that's a class. Best cartoon Disney ever produced. And for uh, sure. I mean, Not I don't far. see them. I don't see them topping it in the next hundred years. Yeah. So <laughs> they're totally getting further anti, away. Totally anti woke. They are getting further say. away. But yeah. So taxes. Um, so this week. Um, we had a hearing in St. Louis City. So I got put on this committee that is that was designed to deal with, specifically with the St. Louis City earnings tax. Okay? I know that you're going to find this hard to believe. But St. Louis City has a tax above your federal taxes that you already pay, your state taxes that you already pay, your personal property taxes that you already pay, your sales taxes that you already pay, and all the other litany of taxes that we pay on everything, it seems, out there. And these are state, uh, or city. This is a city tax. City tax. That's 1% of your income straight across the top that comes off and goes straight to the city of St. St. Louis. Okay? It's called an earnings tax. So it is, if you're looking at my pie chart here, like 37% that. of the St. Louis city budget comes from the earnings tax. It's brought in by that. Yeah. Okay. $566.9 million is the is the total general fund revenues for the city of St. Louis. So a little over half a billion dollars. Um, but 37% of that is the earnings tax. Okay. Mm. Now here's, here's what's interesting. So if you look at this earnings tax, 219 million. Property taxes seventy one million, sales tax sixty two million. It goes on down from their payroll. They they also have a payroll tax. The city does. So you you have a payroll tax on your earnings, oh. and then you have an earnings tax on your earnings. The earnings tax is three hundred percent more than any other category they have. Yeah, it's a third of their of their revenue. Yeah. Okay. 
So here's here's what this came from. All right. So this earning tax earnings tax started in. I'm trying to remember the uh, the year. I think it was in the fifties. Sometime around, I don't know, the late fifties is when this went into effect. And what it was is, you know, an earnings tax that would go for essential services, right? You know, fire and police or whatever, you know, things that you use if you're living yeah. in the city. That's usually usually right? the verbiage that yeah, that's what people they use. will vote for. Which, you know, I can understand that yeah. to a certain degree. If you're using things that the city provides, yeah. you that's better one be a thing, glimmering right? beacon of light. And and that's that's what I was gonna say. Is I'm more than happy to pay taxes to support law enforcement, um, firefighters. It it needs to be very clear that that is done at a you know that with more getting, control than you're going to get out of any politician yeah. in St. Louis. So, so here's the thing. Okay, here's here's what the the impetus is when it comes to this committee that was set up that I got put on somehow. I didn't ask for it, by the way, but I got put on it. I am the chairman of the tax reform committee, so maybe they thought, hey, you know, so they put me as the vice chairman of this committee. So we go have a hearing in St. Louis City on Monday regarding the St. Louis earnings tax. And here's the the problem. So during COVID, all these companies began to uh, make their employees remote workers and say, you can work from home, right? Because you can't come in because you might track the virus or whatever. So you had all these remote workers that don't live in the city and now they don't work in the city, but 1% of their income is going to the city for services they will or may never use. So let me ask you this, Tim. Would that be by definition taxation without representation? There is not, I say literally a lot when it is not literal, but there is not a more literal. If, if you're not reaping any benefit whatsoever, and I mean, that's not even factoring in misappropriation. It's, you know, if you are not directly, you know, benefiting from that, you're definitely not being represented. But they did it. They charged those people 1% of their income that were remote workers. So now they're in a lawsuit. Mm. Okay. And they have basically ruled in favor of the people saying, look, if you're not using this, uh, you shouldn't have to pay it. So it could, it's, it's going up to a higher court. It could end up, if it goes to the Missouri Supreme court and they rule against the city, they could end up having to pay back all that money since 51. No. Or just since COVID. Yeah, since the remote workers. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, good luck, St. Louis. <laughs> we uh, could buy St. Louis. So they're freaking out right now because they're thinking not only if, if, if you know, they do rule in that, then the state legislature is saying, look, this, you know, we, we, need, to, we need to look at this earnings tax in general, right? Is there a better way to fund this part of your budget than taking money from people who don't work in the city, don't live in the city? And when asked what that number was, Tim, they couldn't tell us. The St. Louis city government could not tell us how many workers there were or if they actually lived in the city or not. They had no idea. And then we asked, well, let's say that the legislature does something, or if the people vote this down, have you any plan for replacing that much of your budget? Nope. No plan. We'll just cross that bridge when we get to it. Hmm. So <laughs> it, was. it was kind of crazy to hear the answers that we received in that hearing. You know, aside from the principle of the matter, 
it's something that I, I feel is egregious when it comes to taxes. I mean, there's a lot of taxes that I think are egregious, especially the income tax, because it's like you're taxing someone for being industrious, right? Yeah. And the harder they work, the more they pay, which is just crazy. So this earnings tax situation is something that is is, is quite a um, an interesting topic uh, that we're going to have to deal with with the legislature. I think the remote worker part of that is something that definitely needs to go. The other question is this. So um, I think back in 2011, the legislature was able to get on the ballot or somebody was able to get on the ballot, a question to the people and say, well, at least this has to go to a vote of the people in St. Louis City. But as you well know, what happens a lot of times with these taxes is they do this big campaign of, you know, this is why you need to vote yes on this tax. And it it has to do with services and it has to do with things that you're going to use or whatever. And, you know, of course, at that point, there was no mention of, what would happen with COVID because no one knew. But the other, the question I asked is what time of the year did you put this on? Because they, they've passed like overwhelmingly every time. I think there's at least three that have come up. And then the next one is in 2026. They've passed overwhelmingly in the city to continue this Uh, earnings tax. What, what percentage of the city showed up to vote? Yes. Now you're getting, you're getting warm. So I asked that question. I said, what time of the year did you put this on the ballot? Well, it was in the the city election, which is the least amount of turnout that you're going to get usually. Yeah. Not in a November election, definitely not in a presidential year election, right? Mm-hmm. You might get 50% plus in a presidential election. In a city election, you might get 2% of the registered voters mm-hmm. that are then going to vote on a tax that everybody has to pay. And that is because many times it's there's a campaign to yeah. say this is why you need to vote yes on this tax. I mean, it would be interesting to know what percentage of city employees, you know, makes up the uh, population. If it, you know, it's like a half percent. That's a quarter of your needed votes. So yeah. I looked up some of the election years that this was on the ballot. Some of those races had below 5% turnout. Mm. So, again, less than 5% of the people voting on something that 100% of the people have to yeah, live with, to pay and live with. And some of them that will never. So, effectively, I could live in Neosho, Missouri during this time, right? Work for a company that's headquartered out of St. Louis City. Four hours away. Never drive to the city, never use the city, never use any of the services of the city, but still pay a 1% tax off of my earnings. That's just crazy. Mm. So this is an issue that we're dealing with in the legislature and trying to figure out a way to put pressure on the St. Louis Louis City to say, you need to find a better funding mechanism for this part of your budget rather than an earnings tax. I would rather it be more personal property taxes or more sales taxes or at least some kind of a use tax. Well, our company's had a a similar, um, just kind of, it's a small exposure, but we bought, we buy uh, equipment parts from a company out of Wichita, Kansas. They took their liberty to bill us at Kansas City's sales tax. Oh. Even though they're not in Kansas City, we're sure not in Kansas City. And uh, it's an absorbent rate compared to, and and our our office has gone to great lengths to get, um, like we're we're a license, we have a uh, retailer's license, so we can get our tax rate here in Neosho, keep our money where we vote, and so and that that was one of the just one of the instances that we've run into this is nationwide just on sales tax they can kind of pick willy-nilly where you know where you're gonna you know more or less appropriate funds to whatever city that they're 
and the and that's very our uh you know the the office uh is very very conservative and and definitely cares i mean talking about where as a company are not allowed to buy off of amazon um you know to keep keep money you know kind of put your money where your mouth is where your where your beliefs are and you know that's that's a that kind of commitment has driven us to have to pretty much procure everything and just make sure we know where the tax dollars and there's such a saving 3% uh if you spend 3 million dollars a year 3% adds up really quickly and when that's going to a city that does not in any way share your values and is in your state you know yeah it is uh it's disconcerting but just a side note sorry about that no that's good uh anecdotal perspective uh Kansas City has an earnings tax too by the way mm. and not only do, do do the residents have to pay I, I failed to mention this but the businesses have to pay a 1% corporate tax as well yeah so as you can imagine uh St. Louis City's freaking out thinking that somehow we're going to uh you know take away their earnings tax or whatever but all we're saying is you need to think about a better way to fund this yeah mm. i think that's it tim yeah. you got anything else man i uh i nothing to contribute that would be edifying to anyone <laughs> all right since tim said edifying <laughs> to anyone we're signing off for today we'll see you next time hey, god bless <laughs>